Welcome to Primal Screen. This is your host, Nick Greystone. For the next hour, we're going to talk about fantasy, reality, and everything in between. Let's go. Hey, kitty kitties. What up? What up? I'm Nick Greystone, and welcome back to another episode of Primal Scream with Nick Greystone. Kitties, I hope everyone had a great week. I know I did. I'm always having crazy, you know, run around marathon weeks. So I got a very cool special guest tonight, Cody Perez from American Overdose. It's going to be a little bit before I bring him out, but I wanted to kick it off with uh, some stuff that happened since last episode. Um, The Reaper came a-knocking again today. This one kind of stings a little bit. Um, Shane McGowan from the Pogues, 65 years old. He passed away today from viral encephalitis. Um, Yeah, I've always been a fan of his. uh, You know, just a couple months ago when Sinead O'Connor passed away, uh, I kind of got the wheels in motion, and I wanted to do a cover of Haunted. So Haunted originally was recorded by um, the Pogues and uh, Kate or Royden. And uh, I heard that song back in the day on um, the soundtrack from Sid and Nancy. I always loved the song. Then he did it with Sinead, and it just reached new heights. So after she passed, I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to do a cover. Now's my time. And unfortunately, now... Uh, Shane passed away, and uh, I'm I'm happy that you know I did the song. I, I think that's one of his uh, his best songs is he's ever written. Um, it might be you know he he's written so many great things. Um, another relevant lyric that I picked up today. Uh, I think a lot of people can uh, associate themselves with this. I'm going to read it to you. Um, I could have been someone. Well, so can anyone. You took my dreams from me when I first found you. I kept them with me, babe. I put them on my own. Can't make it all alone. I built my dreams around you. That was from Fairy Tale in New York. Um, you know, it's a song about breaking up with somebody, trying to repatch it, and it's all going on during Christmas time, you know. And uh, it's like this one of those bittersweet tunes. So uh, I hope you're having a lot of. Uh, Pints of Guinness in Paradise, Shane. Uh, thank you for your um, your great lyrics and great memories. Uh, you're definitely going to be missed. Um, moving right along, um, kitties. I'm so excited to induct this piece of shit into the fuck you Hall of Fame, and it's going on right now. Derek Chavin, you know him. He's the um, he's the piece of shit cop that. Put the knee to the back of George Floyd uh, like two years ago, I think it happened. Uh, that sparked this whole fucking race riot uh, in Minneapolis. It was terrible. You watch this poor bastard die on, on film. Um, well, he got stabbed the other day in a, a mini, uh, in an Arizona, an Arizona prison. And they had to do life-saving measures uh, to, they they actually saved them. They did their job. Uh, too bad they were good at their job. And hopefully the next time someone shanks this fucking piece of shit, they they do it right, and they stab him in the lung, you know, or in the fucking slit his throat, or you know, maybe they'll be a little bit, you know, 
Maybe they'll trip on the way to trying to save him or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Um, I just love in, inducting these pieces of shit because, uh, you know, and again, it's not me being, I've said it once before and I'll say it again. Anytime if I have to induct a, someone of the badge who doesn't deserve a badge into the fuck you Hall of Fame, um, it's not I'm a, I'm a cop hater. You know, they're human. It's unfortunate that they have pieces of shit that ruin their name and their reputation and they take their job to another extreme. You know, this guy took his uh, his job um, and his badge and he abused it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, that man lost his life and uh, and now this guy gets to live the rest of his in uh, in prison. So uh, he was sentenced to 21 years in federal prison, and that was back in um, July of uh, 2022. Oh, wow, so it was only like last year. So, uh, wow, first year already, you know, almost getting killed. Good luck on the next 20, bro. I'm sure another time is coming pretty soon for you. So uh, here you go. Fuck you. All right, moving back right along to the uh, keep it going with the uh, Long Island serial killer uh, updates. Always like that. But this one, it's not really on Rex this time. It's on his wife. So apparently DNA found on some of the remains of the victims, not not her uh, red carpet this time. This was actually cheek swab samples taken from murder su- from her when Rex got arrested. Um, this was on July 13th. So now they're saying that um, some of her cheek swab DNA was found on some of the victims. So either I'm not saying that she killed him with him. He possibly could have went out, fucked these, you know, prostitutes or sex workers and then went home after he killed them and then banged her or banged her before or somewhere that you know she's getting into the serum into the semen into whatever the fuck is going on so uh we'll see what happens you know she just signed a big deal so uh yeah look she's getting all dolled up she's getting ready for the camera right now um she's supposedly making a million dollars having a uh a camera crew follow her through uh, his trial. You know, he signed over the house to her. So uh, this might throw a little uh, curveball, you know. So uh, don't go uh, buying expensive shit, you know. Don't go getting that uh, pink Cadillac like the dude in Goodfellas because you might not be around to enjoy it. You might be thrown into the mix with old Rexy boy. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But... Anytime you see like a uh, a new update with this, it's pretty crazy. Another curveball is thrown. So, like I said, it's gonna get it's gonna get messy. It's not gonna be a uh, straight thing. I could see the shit getting thrown out of court so many different times, you know. And we'll see what happens. But uh, I always gonna bring you the uh, the news because that's what I do, being the armchair detective that I am. All right, um, moving right along. I want to talk about Dolly Parton. It's crazy where I'm jumping from. I go from Shane McGowan to shit cop to fucking Asa. Now to Dolly Parton. America's sweetheart. Did you see her on the uh, halftime show on Thanksgiving on the Dallas game? Yo, she put those some of those Dallas cheerleaders to shame. She's 77 years old. She looks fantastic. 
unbelievable. Dolly Parton, uh, you look great. Uh, working at nine to five for forty years, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, baby, you're working it. You're great. So, uh, uh, you know, my hats off to you, Dolly. You're looking awesome, and uh, keep up the uh, up the good work. She just released actually a uh, a rock and roll album. She does a tune with uh, with Rob Halford from Priest, you know, and she does like a, a song with Joan Jett, Dave Grohl, a bunch of people. McCartney and Ringo. She does with them, too? She does Let It Be with them. Wow. I wonder if she's going to start doing heroin next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the only thing. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think that Dolly has the balls to do Tracks of My Tears. (laughs) But Paul Stanley does. (laughs) Speaking of which, Paul Stanley, we're going to see him tomorrow night. And on Saturday night, Kiss's final tour. Their final one. I saw them on their final first time and their final fifth time. So this is their final seventh time. But I'm very excited. Um, yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, the other night, I went to a, uh, a signing at Looney Tunes. I, uh, I met Buster Rhymes. Um, so the, the thing was supposed to start at 6 o'clock. They come out at 6.15. And they're like, so it's in West Babylon. They're like, Buster just left Brooklyn at 6.15. So like so what I don't know if what you got planned for the next hour and a half, but he's not gonna be here. So uh he ended up showing up about eight o'clock and uh yeah, he was so nice. You know, he was very cool. I had mentioned to him and I kinda lied. I said I really liked Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I liked his part, I thought it was comical. But then again, you know, the the Halloween series has been dragged through the mud so many times and some of the shit that they just released with, you know, uh, the third, the three movies with the trilogy and stuff, that was questionable stuff. So, really, Buster Rhymes telling Michael Myers trick or treat motherfucker and like kung fuing him and stuff wasn't really too far fetched. So, I gotta respect it. So I gave him, you know, I, I asked him uh, if he was ad libbing when he was like fucking with Michael Myers in the movie, and he said that they gave him uh, the green light to do so. So, uh, yeah, it was cool seeing Buster Rhymes. You know, he's. Uh, He's a Long Island legend for hip-hop, you know, definitely. Uh, sold millions and millions of albums, and uh, it was cool to see him. So I definitely wanted to check him out. All right. Um, I wanted to uh, do another edition this week of uh, Moving Right Along, going from hip-hop to 80s uh, 80s music right now, um, of another edition of Unboxing Your Box. So this time... I am doing the Life Moves Pretty Fast um, box set, uh, the John Hughes mixtapes. So, you know, like the last couple of weeks, I've been bringing these mega boxes in, and they got, like, all kinds of shit inside. This one doesn't have that. It has a hell of a lot of songs on, uh, I believe it's uh, five vinyls. It is one, two... Six. Six vinyls, but it's got a pretty cool book inside, and it shows like a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. You know, Matthew Broderick from uh, Ferris Day, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and uh, you know, just open it up and you look. It's pretty cool shit. I love seeing these box sets, man. I've always said I like love liner notes and stuff, and uh, it's got like the tapes. So can 
can I ask? So, is this what soundtrack to, so, like, the, to, soundtrack. to the movies? So, yeah, yeah, like I'm just gonna I'll, like I'll talk about like a random uh, a random album. So, this one I just picking up right now. It's got from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Lost Again by Yellow, uh, Crazy Love by uh, Brian Ferry from She's Having a Baby, uh, Positively Lost Me by the Rave Ups, and Pretty in Pink. Don't Worry Baby by Los Lobos from Weird Science. Um, the Trainway Blues from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You know, I guess when they're like riding the train or whatever and that like cool like honky-tonk shit's playing. Um, yeah, more stuff from the Rave Up, uh, from the Rave Ups from Pretty in Pink. Pop Elite itself. Turning Japanese from uh, 16 Candles. The Red River Rock. From planes, trains, and automobiles. That's the song when uh, it's basically that fun music, like you know when Steve Martin gets picked up by his nuts and like they're driving. And it's like so. It's got that, you know. That's like one album. This one's got "Holiday Road" by Lindsey Buckingham, of course, from Vacation. So you know, it's got a whole big mix of uh, stuff. Today I'm gonna marry the boy. Uh, the boy I'm gonna marry from Darlene Love, aka Mrs. Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon, but that was in Sixteen Candles. Yeah, Mr. Sandman from the Cordettes uh, from Uncle Buck. So you know it's got all the John Mo- uh, Hughes uh, selection from like movies and stuff, and uh, you know those movies are great. And I feel like those songs were picked specifically for some certain scenes, you know, and it drives the movie. It's you know it's awesome, so uh, this is a cool uh, little thing. It came out last year, and I uh, I remember when I did get it, I uh, I had a fun time listening it back because you you know when you hear the songs like I just did the uh, you know the planes, trains, and automobiles, you picture the scene in your head, you know. So like I go crazy from uh, some kind of wonderful. I can't help falling in love by Lick the Tins from some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful uh, to me is. John Hughes' best movie. It may be like his most underrated movie because he's got so many great ones, but I don't know. I like that movie. That's with uh, Mary Stuart Masterson and uh, Leah Thompson and Eric Stoltz, and it's like the best friend falls in, it falls in love with the, the dude, and she tries to help him date the popular girl and everything. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a cool little uh, gift, I'm sure you could find this now cheap. You know, on uh, Amazon, it's Life Moves Pretty Fast, the John Hughes mixtape. So that was another edition of Unboxing Your Box. So, uh, all right. The the next thing I'm going to talk about, um, I had a great day on Sunday. So I've been on the waiting list for a while now for uh, a tattoo from Anchor Away, Anchors Away Tattoo. So Anchors Away Tattoo is a tattoo shop that's in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. It's owned by the bassist from the Bouncing Souls. So I initially set up an appointment uh, two, for two people. And uh, actually three. Uh, it was Frank, my friend Frank, my friend Anthony, and me. And we've been talking about it for a while. And uh, Frank couldn't do it, so me and Anthony went. And uh, we ended up having a great day. Like, Brian from the Bouncing Souls opened up the shop for us, and I brought Zozo along. And uh, 
it was just the four of us. And, you know, I've been listening to the Bouncing Souls for uh, close to 25 years. So all we did, you know, we sat around. We talked some shop. We talked about, like, old going to see, like, old shows and stuff and all the clubs that closed down, you know. Um, and Brian's just a cool guy, man. Like, you know, he was showing Zozo uh, how to use, um, like, like, art, like, on uh, – he was like drawing the out the um, the tattoo on his tablet, and he was showing like how the different programs and everything, and you know like it was just like a cool uh, a cool moment and a, a cool day. You know, it's not very often you get to get tattooed by one of the bands that you look up to, like a, one of the one of the guys. You know, and um, I I'm gonna always gonna remember that because you know like I went first. And then Anthony went, so I had some downtime. So Zozo's like drawing and doing a thing on a tablet, and he has his bass in there. And I was sitting down, actually playing on the dude's bass, and just playing, you know, hanging around and uh, shooting the shit, and just hanging out with my best friend and my kid, and just had a great day, you know. So uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks for being uh, very cool. And uh, I'm actually gonna go see the Bouncing Souls again. They're playing next week. At uh, Mulcahy's in uh, Wantour. It's pretty cool. They're going to be playing in my backyard, you know, being that I'm from Belmore. It's very close to my house. I used to go see them a lot in, uh, in the city at a lot of clubs that don't uh, exist anymore, like Tramps and Coney Island High, um, The Roxy. S- so many funny stories going to see them and stuff. And uh, I look forward to seeing them again. So, uh, yeah. That's my uh, that's my little tales for today. I see um, my guest actually just came on screen. So uh, without any further ado, I'm I'm gonna bring him on right now and uh, do that. That's gonna be fun. I've been looking forward to this. Um, Cody, what's up, dude? How's it going, Nick? All right, man. Yo, thank you so much for uh, for coming on to uh, Primal Screen, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited. I've been nervous about it all day just because I haven't done one of these in a while. Like, if I don't do them for like consecutively, you know, uh, I think the last time I did was like a month ago or something. Yeah. Uh, I, get, I get a little nervous before, but then. Nah, you're it, good, man. You're a professional, <laughs> dude. You handled it. You know, the whole like promotion of this leading up to it. I really thank you for uh, for all your reposts and everything. And uh, it was pretty cool how uh, you did that. So thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. There's no point in like anytime we play shows or we're a part of something, it's like there's no point in us not being a part of it if we're not going to promote it and let people know and, and all that. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's like the whole point. I mean, you got to get people psyched up. You got to get them into the know. And like, I feel like that is a big thing, like, like interacting with your fan base over, you know, online. That's what it's for. I feel, you know, like whether it be, you know, facebook or instagram or twitter and whatever now it's called but you know uh some people don't come out and see you (laughs) right some people don't come out and see you they'll you know they'll live off of what what's put out there so you know if you come across on on the internet as you know an approachable likable person it only helps your product and everything you know definitely definitely we love like our band just loves to interact with people both online and in person. It's even better in person because then there's always something crazy happening usually like at a live show or 
if we see you at a live show or, or what have you. And so we talk about it and then we make jokes and then there's inside jokes and then we joke about it on 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 Facebook or Twitter or whatever the hell. And so we, we are very uh, active, not just on social media, but at our shows, we make sure that people uh, feel, you know, like they're part of us, a part of the group and uh, like there's a friendship, not just, you know, oh, you're in band and I like your music. Yeah, you know, dude, you're 100% right, man. You know, like, for me, like, I get Christmas cards from fans, you know, like, that have awesome. bought stuff from me, and, like, they'll just send it back to, like, the P.O. Box or whatever, and, like, they'll send us fan art, you know? Like, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know what's more humbling than seeing that. Someone actually taking, like, you know, time and dedication and drawing you and, like, you know, sending it to you and telling you a story behind it or whatever or someone really opening up and saying that like your lyrics like help them through a hard time you know and that's what it's really all about because you know for a lot of us musicians there's no money in it it's not it's not really paying the bills and and whatnot so um it's about the connections you make with people and and those kind of you know things where people come up and tell you their stories and how they like your music and your lyrics help them through something or how you inspired them to to go do something maybe it's not even music that you inspired them to go do whatever they're passionate about because they see how you know driven you are with what you do right we mean we supposed to get paid for this shit i didn't even know that <laughs> <laughs> you know, i always said dude like you know if i have a break even like you know like just for the it's not even like the money that you put into it it's even the time and the dedication you know it's oh. a full it's a full-time job and sometimes it goes beyond that you know way beyond that i'll be up at like two o'clock in the morning catching up on emails or catching up on tweets or having to you know so we spam the shit out of people on on uh on twitter on instagram on uh you know like uh TikTok and whatnot we go on there and we we're it's constantly just trying to promote the band letting people know we have a new video out let people know if we have a show in their areas and and what have you so you're right it's, it's a it's a full-time job and some <laughs> absolutely absolutely man like you um yeah you know i just saw you release the new uh the new video dude i took a look at it we're actually going to play it in a little bit um uh, tell me that whole process dude making that video oh yeah um so that video we did it in one day uh it was just a, a bunch of ideas that we had put together um you know we we were kind of at first going back and forth on what we were going to do because we've had the song done for about a year and uh we were just we were waiting because we're trying to do that whole thing of you know releasing music every two to three months and so we already had some other songs that were already completed that needed to be released so throughout this year we this is our third video we released um as far as when we got together for the video we kind of had an influence of doing what marilyn manson did on the beautiful people like where they're filming a lot of just different uh like up close shots that were kind of distorted, uh, kind of grainy, nasty looking. If you remember the beautiful people video yeah. where he's going with the micro little uh, magnifying glass and getting up close to his mouth and whatnot. So we had that, we, we were inspired by that video and we wanted to just get a bunch of cool different shots of up close things where people would have to go back and see the video again or slow it down or pause it to be like, oh, what, wait, what was that? Like, you know, catches their eyes. And we told the, uh, we told the video editor um, that we wanted to have that done. So we wanted the shots to be really quick uh, yeah. when, when, when they were doing it. Um, 
we filmed it at what they call the Portland Witch's Castle. Uh, it's it's a famous thing out here. Um, it's There's a big hike that people take, and, and people made this big old rumor about how it used to be a castle of, uh, or a, a witch's castle, I should say. But it was really, I think it was just like a campground, um, a medical campground or something like that is what the backstory is. I didn't catch all of it, but when you go and you see it, you're just like, you're kind of mesmerized by this building. It has no roof on it. It's kind of small, but on the video, it, on, you know, when you see pictures and whatnot on the internet, it looks a lot bigger than it actually is. So it's like decaying and it's like falling apart and stuff. It's like, uh, I wouldn't even say it's falling apart. It's pretty well structured. Like people go on top of it and, you know, you can see the, the overlook, you know, the little pathway that that's there. Um, but there's like no roof on it because it's all cement and oh. there's like graffiti all over it and whatnot. So when we saw pictures of that, we're like, we have to shoot a video. Yeah, here. dude, that's so awesome. Popular landmark. Um, and the, the video, we kind of always, we, when we first heard the song and, and we were trying to think of a visual, uh, we wanted to do something that tied in kind of like some witchcraft and some weird like voodoo doll type of stuff with the song because it kind of tied in with, um, you know, kind of a, the, the lyrics a little bit. Yeah. Or that's what the lyrics could lead to. So um, we rented a house for the in the um, for the portion of where you're seeing like the girl eating the apple and the fire and all that stuff. So. But the intention was the video was supposed to make people believe that that was all shot in the same area with that castle. Wow, that's cool, man. You know what? Like when you how you're explaining this castle, it just reminds me of like by us. There's this place, Kings Park. It's an old uh, psychiatric uh, psychiatric center. You know, it's all these buildings, all abandoned and everything, and they're like some of them are still uh, in pretty good shape. Some of them are, you know falling apart or whatever but you know it, it's all like roped off and you're really not supposed to be going into these buildings but um a lot of people just go there and shoot uh videos and take pictures and stuff i actually shot a video there for uh, a solo song uh for my solo stuff that's actually what i wanted to ask you about also dude i see that uh not only um are you doing the american overdose stuff you also have a uh, solo music out too right yeah um i started doing um i started during covid we had a lot of downtime american Overdose took a big break yeah uh between 2008 the end of 2018 and uh up until like the end of 2021 and i was just getting so crazy bored of not doing music because music is my life and that's all i've ever known since i was a kid um, so, you know, I was sitting at home and I'm like, I have all this equipment here. Like, why the hell am I not using it? And I have a lot of other influences other than what I make with American Overdose. So, um, I, I just started writing, playing keyboards, doing, uh, just some basic drum beats. Um, I'm not a guitar player by any means of, you know, anything special. I, I do a lot of rhythms and what have you. And so um i do the real basic stuff so i was just recording some basic uh basic basic ideas down and then i ended up finding a producer that's out in the ukraine nikolas and um i sent him some tracks and i'm like hey take a look at these see which one you think that you could do something with and uh he took my song um he took one of my songs and he's like let me let me see what i what i can do um and you know he sent it back to me and he's like oh like you know i have some ideas you know if you want to take a look here's a little sample of what i could do if you decide to work with me i was a little iffy at first just because this was my first time working with a producer that's completely on the other side of the world yeah 
Um, and I'm used to working with, you know, the, the producer human that we've been working with in American Overdose that's just right up the street from, from me. Um, and being able to have that, you know, connection of, you know, working side by side on music. Um, so for the, for me, this was very different to be sending some music out to somebody and then trusting that they were going to, you know, do do it right. And uh, once he sent me a sample of what he could do with it, I was like blown away. And I'm like, all right, dude, like, let's go ahead and move forward. And so I started sending him some more music and I was slowly putting music out. But I, during COVID, when we had that, all that downtime, I wrote like, 30 or 40 something songs, yeah. not lawn songs, but like skeletons. And it was just all different types of styles. I had some really heavy ones. I had some really like basic melodic ones and radio friendly ones and whatnot. And so I was like, you know what? The better ones, I want to put them out there. They may not sound like American Overdose. So I don't want to put them out with, with the band that's already got like a, a you know sound to it. Right. And so I just decided to put it out as my solo project. And, and I've got three, three of them that I've released so far. And I've made three videos for them. Um, so that's more along the lines of radio rock. Like I, for that stuff, I'm really influenced by, you know, Lincoln Park, Papa Roach, Chris Daughtry, um, Chevelle, that kind of stuff. For stuff for that you wouldn't be playing with, you know, with the band, right? American like you said, yeah, yeah, man, I get it. That's what I honestly, for me, that's what I do for, uh, for my solo stuff. You know, I'm doing more of like alternative, like trap and hip hop. So. Obviously, Demon Scar is not playing that stuff, and um, I just do it because, like you, I'm constantly writing. I usually used to write in, like, notebooks and stuff or, like, legal pads or whatever, but now on my phone, I got the notes, and I just, that's where I do it, you know? if some Sometimes a word will pop up, and I'll see it, and I'll just leave it in a, in a document, you know? Maybe I'll come back to it and write something sometimes it just spews out sometimes it's for demon scar and sometimes it's for it's not you know but you know it all depends it's good to have that stuff in the back, back pocket man for the longest time i had like i remember i found a bunch of lyrics that i had from when i was in high school and i'm like what am i ever going to do with this stuff like and it was just stored away but then you know i've came back to some things and it's like sometimes just one line or one word or one way of like how you did something can inspire something that you've been sitting on forever like sometimes i can write a song like when when i get music back from my producer i can write the the, the song in one night completely with the lyrics and everything and the melodies other times i'll sit on it i'm not kidding you for six months to a year and i can't come up with anything for it i need some sort of inspiration like i need to have something bad happen in my life or i need right. to anything uh, get drunk and like you know get get something like to happen and inspire it sure and so um, it's always good to have that stuff on the back burner, you know, whether you write it down lately, a, a lot of it, what I've been doing is, uh, using my phone note to write everything down. Cause I was, I was one of those guys that always had to write the lyrics down on a, on a notepad. Yep. Since I'm always like on the road or out, out and about doing work and whatnot, I'm like, I don't want to wait till home to get to, to do this. So I got to use the phone and, and, and note Cause down it's right there. there. You're always <laughs> with your phone, dude. So it's yeah. like, you know, fuck, why not? Am I not going to put it on there? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but if I think of something and then 10 things can happen by the time I even fucking think about it again. So oh. you got you to gotta write it down, man, you know? 100%, dude. And the worst part is, is like, I always get inspired at the worst times, too. Like, I will be taking a shower and I have like this melody stuck in my head <laughs> right? or this lyric. And I'm like, I need to run out and get it. Or 
I'll wake up in the middle of the night to grab a glass of water and then something just hits me and I'm like, I need to write this down because I will forget. Because inspiration just comes when you don't expect it, it seems like. It's just, it's it's not one of those things you can force. It's the best shit it comes from when you're taking a shit at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, dude. You never know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... um I'm going to let you take this, but, yo, they, there was some a big announcement today that you guys are involved with. There uh, was. Yeah, Dude, man. It was, so hard. it was so hard for me to uh, keep my mouth shut, honestly, because we've known about this since June of last year uh, when we when we were offered to, to be a part of this. Um, so we didn't know when they were going to announce it. We were like every day we're like just looking and looking and looking, and there's no updates, no updates. And then when they did announce the the first, you know, the big bands coming out, um, we're like, all right, so we're getting closer and closer. But we thought it was going to be at the beginning of January or, you know, later in the year when they were going to announce our part of it. So yeah. they sent us an email this morning and they're like, yeah, we're about ready to fire it off that you guys are going to be, you know, get us your logo and whatnot. So we will be playing uh, the Milwaukee Metal Fest uh, 2024 out in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Fuck yeah. Jamie Josta's, uh, you know, his new uh, his new event. Uh, that he's taken over and we're beyond excited to be with so many so many great bands like um definitely a lot of heavier bands than us but we're in good company with bands like i think like avatar and lacuna coil who still have melodies and you know are familiar or like similar to some of the stuff that we uh incorporate in our sound but I, i'm just beyond excited to be especially the day that we get to play we get to play with you know the headliner slaughter to prevail like they're one of the you know up and coming big bands that's, yeah. that's coming out I saw that today. They announced them. That's awesome. Um, that- yeah, I, we played uh, last year. And oh, you did? Yeah, it was fucking awesome, dude. Like, Jamie and, you know, Christian from uh, MindSnap. That's actually how I got on your radar. He uh, he connected us. But uh, he um, he's the one that brought us on. And uh, both of those guys, dude, you know, they treated my band so well. And there's so many great memories, man. The fucking lineups were stacked. And uh, we got a really positive uh, feedback from it. You know, we still have content from it that, you know, we put out. And uh, it's just nothing but a good time, man. Like, and yeah, you know what? They were definitely, like you said, the heavier bands on there. But uh, we fit good, man. We, 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 stood, we stood our ground. We did our thing. And uh, it went over really well. And I think you guys are going to do great, man. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because, you know, we've we've been part of some festivals, uh, you know, some big festivals, and uh, for us it was a nightmare because you know they they were just like pushing us along and they were it was not not very well organized and whatnot. And I don't want to name drop and talk any bad shit about anyone, but some of the festivals that we we've, we've been a part of, it's felt like you're rushed and they're not they're really well organized and so. Um, I'm excited about this one because I've heard nothing but good things from the people that have played it and people that attended it. Yeah, uh, no, it was uh, f- top shelf, dude. Definitely well well run last year. No hiccups. You know, uh, we had to wait on our announcement, too. We had to wait a little bit longer. Um, they announced us, I believe, the show was in May. I think they announced us maybe, like, February. So, uh we were sitting there like, holy shit, maybe they forgot about us. And then finally they <laughs> they uh, they put us out. And uh, it was great. You know, it was a great time. But, uh, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm seeing like Mr. Bungle's going to be there. And, like, when they start adding these types of bands, I feel like, like it opens doors for, 
you know, for other bands that are not just, you know, death metal, you know, hardcore, uh, black metal, whatever, you know, like it's, it's, uh, I like that, you know, I think that's, um, that's the way it should be because like, you know, like the, the way that metal is now, um, there's all different types out there other than that, like the real heavy stuff, you know, there's the, the melodic stuff, which I feel, uh, Sometimes it doesn't get put on to these metal fests, but now, like, you know, I feel like if Mr. Bungle's going to be on there, then maybe, like, they'll get a band like Infectious Grooves, too. You know, you never know. Something it's, like that. It's a very, it, that's, you're very, you're 100% uh, on it with that. Like, I'm very excited to see, when I saw that they were one of the headliners, I'm like, okay, so I don't feel so bad that we are in this, because we, you know, I would say we're obviously heavier than them, but, yeah. Uh, I'm just excited to be a part of something that's like you said, it's going to be a blend of different metal. And right now the time, like if you, if everything that's going on right now with music, with heavy music, it seems like people are listening to extremes on this side and extremes on that side, you know, sure. as far as, so you can listen to some death metal band, but you can like some pop music. And I think a lot of that, what you're seeing is like, you know how people are sharing that whole Spotify wrap up end of the year thing on, on <laughs> Facebook, like you've seen, you'll see somebody having like, literally they'll have like, you know, cannibal corpse. And then they have like, Justin Bieber on that same list. Like, it's like me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's, I think if you would have done this like 10 years ago, people would have been more like, no, you know, yeah, I only want metal. That's it. You know, but now it's like right now people listen to everything. I think you, you need to have that balance of, you know, the extreme stuff on, on the heavy side and the mellow side and all that. Cause it's life gets boring. If you don't, uh, you don't try at all, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. This, just you know speaking from experience with like stuff we have another song that's coming out uh next week and <laughs> when i wrote the lyrics the, the melody from uh tell me by white lion was stuck in my head for like a week because i was going through my 80s metal fucking thing like you know i'll listen to my rat i'll listen to my crew and like I was listening to White Lion and like I was like, holy shit, I love this fucking melody. And like I was in the studio, we were recording the lyrics, I was laying my vocals down and stuff. And then I'm like, maybe if I put that melody kind of like not ripping it totally off, but like inspired by that, it may be a little bit something that we've not done and utilize like, you know, like where our, our drummer has like these great like melodies that he does on this other tune i'm like i'd really love to get a dual attack vocal with him on it doing this and dude it came out awesome you know and oh, like yeah. it's amazing where you get inspired from man and you can't close those doors well because then the good the good thing is that like where you got that influence your your band may not sound anything like that genre but you took something from that genre and put it in what you know what your band sounds like and and it just created something different and new Hundred percent, brother. I'm actually. Um, I want to show you a video, dude. So I'm gonna put that on right now. Uh, yeah, it's our new single from American Overdose. Song is called Bleed. We just released it about what almost two weeks ago. Um, we're excited that we're getting to finally share it. It's been out and uh, it's got a good aggressiveness to it. It's got some melody to it, and hopefully you're singing along to it by the end of it. Here we go. This is uh, Bleed. Hey. You wonder 
understand I know you're listening I am your passion, your only desire I will ignite it, I light it on fire Set it off, self-destruct I don't give a fuck See it, you feel it, we know it Welcome back. That was bleed. That was fucking awesome, dude. Nice job oh, yeah, with that. Um, so, is there like a process of like you developing like your gimmick and like your stage show? Like, what's that about? Like, how do you go about doing that? Uh, are you talking about like the live performance? Like, what we plan to do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of and kind of not. It's kind of chaos. Uh, we always know like what songs we're gonna play, and you know what, you know. We obviously wear costumes and, and masks and whatnot on stage, but sometimes we have plans to do certain things. Like, for example, like one of the things that we've been infamous for doing is we use a lot of these confetti wand type of things and uh, certain, during certain parts of the songs. Some of the venues are not too happy about that. So they, you know, we let them know ahead of time, like, hey, we're planning to do this. Are you okay with it? It's part of the show. And in most cases, they're okay with it. Some places are like, no, nope, you can't do that. So, we have to we have to exit out and then we just 
you know, at that point, we're like, all right, well, let's think of something else that we can do. So we'll jump in the crowd and sing from the crowd or we'll bring someone up and, you know, scream in their face and whatnot. Um, it's, we just kind of go with it. Right. The, the masks and the makeup and, and all that, it's always there. You know, we, we have a light show that we put on together and we've syncopated with the music with each song. Um, so that's, that's a, a, always pre-planned. Um, I guess it, we, we, we mostly just kind of wing it. Yeah. You know, we go out with the feel of what's going on with the crowd. If people are sitting in the back, we make sure that we pull them forward. And, you know, usually we'll, uh, uh, by, by the end of the first song, we usually get, we, we, we have them booked. But it's funny because our shows are always like, people are always like looking like this, like looking straight up at us and not really moving. And then by the end of the show, you know, they'll get a mosh pit and whatnot. But at first they're always like watching us like they're watching a movie because they're kind of like, they weren't expecting the look and the sound and everything that goes the way that it does, I guess. Because it's so almost it's like a spectacle fun. that's going on. So they're like kind of mesmerized in a way kind of thing. Yep. Or, yeah. Yep. It's, 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 it's really weird. Cause then I'm like, do they like it? Do they not like it? But then I see them bopping their heads. Then when I ask them to clap their hands or whatever, or sing along to the lyrics, I'll tell them part of the lyrics, you know, they'll sing along. So I'm like, okay, they like it. It's just, we, you know, we're not one of those bands that people are like trying to kill each other. It's not a Slayer pit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, dude, like <laughs> this is going to sound so weird. The, the, the fucking craziest pit that I was ever in was a Weezer fucking pit for Pinkerton. Really? It was an oversold show at the Roseland at the gar uh at um at Roseland for the Pinkerton tour and uh it was had that sway, you know, like that dangerous sway. So it kinda like went left, went right, then all of a sudden it went left and like when it came back to the right, everyone just fell on top of each other, dude, and it was just like a sea of people like i was on the bottom of like a sea of people dude it's fucking scary bro i believe it dude because i saw a pretty crazy pit for tech nine like people rushed yeah. the stage when he came out like they were just moshing i'm like this is rap and people are like moshing and whatnot hey do you mind if i take a piss really quick i've been drinking a lot of water so no please go ahead <laughs> man i'll be right back <laughs> my producer just went pp so uh now you can <laughs> wow so uh yeah, I'm not kidding about that um, that that Weezer pit. I remember just clawing my way out of there. You know, uh, just it was so fucked up, um, and I was just trying to like see like light, and I was on the bottom of all these people and everything, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. So uh, yeah, um, so. A little birdie also told me about another band that's going to be playing on the Milwaukee Metal Fest too, but I guess that little birdie can't sing yet. But I'm not saying anything. But I don't know who it possibly can be. But I'm sure I'll let you guys know when the time is right that little birdie can talk and say who actually else is going to be playing on Milwaukee Metal Fest. But I don't know. But, yeah, definitely check out the lineup that Milwaukee Metal Fest right now is put, putting out. Uh, as Cody was saying, you know, his band, uh, American Overdose, just got it announced. They're added. Um, and all good, brother? All good, man. I've been... 
So I've been trying to drink now my uh, full gallons of water, uh, eight, whatever the hell they call it, eight glasses or whatnot. Flushing out. The problem is with that, obviously, you're constantly peeing and peeing and peeing and peeing. I'm like, God damn it. But It's crazy, dude. You know what, man? You could take supplements. You could do all kinds of stuff. But the best fucking thing that you could ever do is just drink fucking tons of water, man. Dude, it's a sure. natural only, cleanser, bro. It just it, fucking it, cleans you the fuck out. You can see it on your own. You can see it on your face. You can you, you absolutely feel, you feel better. It's fucking. It's weird. It's crazy. Like I've done stints with Weight Watchers and stuff, and like that's always the first thing that they do. They're like, take the soda out, drink the water, and then like you know, being a big dude, you come back the first week, dude. You can lose fifteen pounds by pissing it out, bro. Yeah. So. Yeah, not only that, but I'm a fucking foodie, dude. Like, I will gain weight so quickly because I love to fucking eat. And I cook a lot, too. Yeah. I, and I will overeat, overeat. Drinking water actually fills you up faster. And sure. So you're like, you know, you don't eat as much and, and whatnot. So that that's another reason why I've been doing it a lot. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah, tonight, man, like, uh, I've been doing, like, a physical trainer. He wanted to work out, but, like, it was my annual uh, meet my friends at the steakhouse. We do it every th- December and this place, dude. Like, it's it's expensive. It's called Peter Luger's. It's like a gourmet steakhouse, but they have like this deal. It's usually like steak for three people. But tonight they talked us into steak for two people in a porterhouse because you get double the Shit. meat and it's only ten more dollars. Oh, yeah. But like, fuck, dude. Like, I was gonna make a disclaimer before I started this podcast tonight. If you hear any wheezing, it really is wheezing. <laughs> Got that meat sweats? <laughs> oh my god, dude, it was terrible. I had to tell, like, my friend had to tell him to turn down the uh, the heat, man, because it was getting too uh, too stuffy in there. Oh hell yeah! You ever been to one of those uh, the Brazilian steakhouses where they like where run they, around? Yes, and they, they give you like the little thing, like the red Card, and the green. Yeah, yeah oh, dude. dude. I won't I, eat all day just for those things, and by the time you leave there, you're just like, you're oh, fucked. You're fucked, dude. <laughs> you, you're filled with salt. You <laughs> eat all kinds of shit. Um, yeah, actually back in the day, I went with my friends. This is when I used to smoke weed a lot. So back then we got really baked and we went to this like Brazilian all you can eat meat place. And we were in there for like three hours. Like literally they had to like fucking roll us out of there, dude, because we got so stuffed and like, oh, I couldn't move, dude. Like after that, it was terrible. And then I don't know if it's because of the price that you pay. Or if it's just because the food is so damn good, it's probably a combination of both. But yeah, no, like, it's just I'm gonna get my fucking money's worth. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It's gluttony at its best, dude. You're going in there and you're just gonna eat yourself to a fucking oblivion because it's there and you want to try everything. Hell yeah, that's like me with the buffets at uh in Vegas. I mean, oh. I go to Vegas, man. That's like it's over. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my money's worth. I'm a bankrupt. Fuck mother. yeah, dude. You might as well, <laughs> man. My friend lived out there and he always had a a thing. My, I'll give a shout out to him. My friend Holden, uh, he would be like, all right, listen, dude, we're going to go to the buffet at three o'clock because three o'clock they'll charge us the lunch price, but then we'll stay the hour and then they'll bring the the dinner out and we'll get the full thing. And it was like, they have the sickest crab legs at the Caesars buffet. Oh, Caesar's, you know? Yeah, Caesars Palace has them. Yeah, that's the, that's that's the, the fucking one, bro. Yeah, we were in there for a long time. That's a smart move, man. Yeah, no, he uh, he knew all of them. He uh, he was a he's still a photographer. He goes around and everything. But uh, yeah, I met him. We went to a couple AVN awards out in uh, Vegas, and he was taking pictures of like all the stars and stuff. And we would go to uh, you know the buffets or eat the uh, 
the catering from like that was supposed to be for the for the stars or whatever. But like you know, he'd give me like a pass to get in, and it was it was wild, man. It was definitely a wild uh, wild time. I bet that was fun, man. I I always wanted to go to one of those, and my buddy almost conned me into going. Uh, a couple years ago, and then it just it didn't end up happening. But my uh, my original guitar, my guitarist from my band before, uh, two bands before Demon Scar uh, Hollow, he ended up marrying uh, Sonny Leone, so she was a big AVN uh, a winner uh, a couple of years. She was a Vivid Girl, and uh, that was the connection. Like he once he got with her, then I would go to his. Um, I went three years in a row, man, and like yeah. one year Lucky Jenna Jameson won like the Hall of Fame, and uh, Audie Lang was there. All these people, man, it was it was a pisser, man. It was a good time. Badass. Yeah. Um, do you guys have like a pre-show ritual before you go on stage? Like anything like uh, superstitious going on, or you got to do something uh, that needs to be done? We, I mean, we used to drink a lot and party a lot, and we'd get like you know. Our friends would be back there. There'd always be something that was going on. Um, since we came back, we've calmed it down a little bit, and you know we want to be taken more seriously and and you know be respectful of the venues and whatnot. So we uh, we've tamed down as far as what we do pre pre shows. Uh, usually, we'll, you'll find us like warming up or drinking a lot of water because we know we're going to be sweating our balls off. Uh, a couple of shows that we actually did last summer this past summer uh you know there was a one day i think it was like 103 degrees and it was an outdoor show Oof. so we had a 45 minute set we're in our fucking masks oh. and full clothes and all that so by the time you take off your mask you know it's it's sweat everywhere and uh you know the sun's beating down on you and then we played in idaho and it was like i don't know how how hot it was out there it was like 100 and something degrees out there and it, the, the stage had no roof on top of it so there's no covering um, so it's, now it's like hydration and whatnot. That's kind of our, our ritual is just like get prepared, get mentally prepared. Afterwards, we typically will do, uh, we'll shotgun a beer and we got some footage of us that we'd like to share with people anytime after we're done with the show and we'll have a competition of who can drink it the fastest. And I'll say it right now, my drummer Brick, uh, he's a cheater. He likes to fucking, he likes to suck it down a little bit and then he chucks it down to say that he won, but you can hear the goddamn thing that. Uh, the can that's still full of beer. <laughs> so we always get hip shit for that. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're, we're, we're a party band. I mean, afterwards we like to hang out with friends and, uh, go to the merch booth and, you know, interact, man. It's what people. the whole thing's about, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the meeting, meeting, the, meeting the people came out hearing what, you know, they thought of the show and getting feedback and, uh, checking out the other bands. Like we always like to stick around, regardless if we're playing first or last, like we like to go up there and even if it's for, you know, a, a song or two, you know, if we're, if we're playing later in the night, we'll watch the first band, second band, and then we have to go get ready, obviously. But um, big supporters of other bands that we play with and, and local music, underground music, just because, you know, that's where we're at and, you know, you need each other, especially when you play those shows that um, may not have a lot of people in them. Yeah, no, it goes a long way, dude. If you represent a band, you know, help a band out, and you, you go see them and, you know, uh, because then there's other people there that know your band and maybe they want to hang out with you and then you're watching something new and you're just introducing, like, another band to somebody. So, yeah, Networking man, absolutely. Counts. That's yeah. what it's all about, networking with this, you know, with, with music because that's, uh, that's the key to it. 
100%, dude. 100%. That's cool, bro. Um, so, I wanted to ask, um, do you have, like, a dream collaboration? Any, like, anybody, like, a producer or another band that you'd like to, like, work with? Um, well, Kevin Churko, uh, out in Vegas, I think that that would be amazing to work with him. You know, he's worked with Ozzy, he worked with Disturbed, he's worked with Papa Roach, Five Fair Death Punch in this moment, like just tons of, tons of huge bands that we kind of admire and, and whatnot. Um, I think it'd be awesome to, to get him, uh, to, to produce us. We actually reached out to him at one point and he got to hear some of our older material and he was really impressed with the music. But we didn't have the kind of fundage that uh, it would take to to work with them. So, um, you never know, I think Kevin would be number one of the persons that I would love to to work with. Um, if we could get a guest vocalist, I'd love to get Chad Gray from Mudvayne to do a guest track with us. I absolutely love that that band, and and Chad's probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Um, Jacoby from Papa Roach would be an awesome person as well to get to do a collaboration with. Sure. Uh, the great brings great a lot book. of energy his energy is lots awesome. of energy he has the most energy i've seen in anybody and especially you know like it, it is not it, he hasn't slowed down at all no he just it seems like he just gets more intense uh we just saw him a couple of months ago here in uh, in portland and he jumped jumped off the stage and he literally ran all over the, this arena and like was in the crowd and just and papa roach what they've been around almost what 25 years they're one of those bands, dude, that I'll be honest with you. When I first, very first heard them, I liked them, but I thought they were going to be one of those bands that's just like, Fizzled. okay, they got that one hit song and that's yeah. it. No. They, they, and they've become one of my top, like, I would say maybe top three bands that I fucking absolutely love. That's fucking and awesome. They've only gotten better and better and better and better every album, I, I think, because they they are, they're everything that I want my band, American Overdose, to be. They, they've evolved with the times. And they've been able to still have their sound, to keep right. their sound of who they are, their identity, but evolve with the times. And they do that through their music. They do that through their social media, how they, you know, how they uh, they present themselves and everything. And it's Stay just relevant, like, man. You know, you got to. You got to. And there's been a lot of bands that were in that genre that got left behind. And I thought they were going to be huge. And they just didn't. Nothing ever happened with them. And uh, to see Papa Roach kicking ass and still, still out there, man, that's a... That's that's awesome. It's inspiring, that. dude. Very yeah. inspiring, exactly. hundred uh, percent. Bad Omens is another newer band, and I'd love to work with uh, Sebastian, the singer. His voice is fucking just top notch. I think like he, I, I don't know how he does it. Like, I'll sometimes sit down here and I'll try to sing along to some of the lyrics. I'm just like in the, the the songs. And I'm like, I don't know how he gets his voice that high. It's uh, pretty crazy, man. Fred Durst would be an awesome person to do a song with too. I'd love to get dude, him on. Dude, like. Track. Fred Durst, fuck man, like that's like a guy, you know, like, all right, fucking, to me, that performance at Woodstock '99 has to be one of the has to go down as like one of the most important moments of rock, even though it was a shit show. But the way that the energy that they brought and like, yeah, they try to flip it on them and say they shouldn't have performed like that. Dude, you got to see a fucking 150,000 people and you bring it like that, bro. Yeah. You're fucking, you're, you're going, you got a check mark in my book, dude. Oh, you know? For sure. And, and, oh man, like, anytime I watch that, that, that performance, I'm like, they, I, I don't feel like they were responsible for that. Fuck, no, no, dude. It was the fucking promoters and the shitty fucking, the way that they put on that shit show, dude. It's not their fault. They did their job, dude. They did their Speaking fucking job. Speaking of shitty promoters and shitty like situations, 
I don't know if you heard about the Blue Ridge. Oh my God, man! My friends, were, my friend was vending there. He took videos of it. His shit got ruined. Um, another friend is a tour manager that played. He uh, he is a tour manager for uh, Stephen Piercy, and he played on Thursday. And that's before it was like ninety thousand, like ninety five degrees out, a hundred degrees yep. out, and then all of a sudden, like the fucking storms came in, and they weren't ready, man. That's I don't think that that festival is gonna happen again. Hopefully not, man, because I've always heard that it was a shit show, and I took my chances. My girlfriend and I, we took our chances, and we went this last year, and we arrived on Thursday, but we didn't go to the actual event till Friday. Yeah, that was a shit show in itself. We actually ended up leaving early. Slipknot's one of my favorite bands. We left before Slipknot even performed Ugh. because we were not wanting to wait for four or five hours for a freaking bus to come pick us up to get us to shuttle us over to the parking lot where the cars were. Because it yeah, literally didn't never gotten out of there. Three and a half, four hours in the sun to get from the parking lot to the venue. That's not By right. that I'd already missed a lot of the bands I wanted to see. I was fucking I was I was livid. Yeah. You know, my friend uh he was doing merch and uh Dude, most of his shit got ruined, bro, because of, like, they had no cover, really. You know, like, they weren't prepared for whatever fucking warning or tornado was going through there. And uh, they lost a lot of fucking merch, dude. Like, oh, destroyed I, I, a I, lot of shit. I can't imagine the bands that traveled across the states that were, you know, invited to play. Like, the underground bands that yeah. were excited to play. And then to get there and be told that you can't play. Or, imagine. You know, it got canceled. I'd be fucking pissed. Dude, that's a financial disaster. It, it, it's huge disaster. It could ruin a band. It could, it's Fuck yeah, it to can. People are like, all right, we're done. You know, like the porta potties were like overflowed, like the first yep. first day or whatever. I heard like yeah, they were they were they were disgusting. The trash was not taken out. People uh, were passing on the lawn and just like I didn't know if they're dead or not. I'm looking and I'm just like they look like they're dehydrated and shit. Trying to get water was a nightmare. Uh, you could it buy sounds like a new Woodstock situation. It was. It was so that's why when you mentioned that I'm like I could see I could see how that place probably would have turned into you know a, another Woodstock. You're lucky it didn't. Yeah, the next day probably would have because people were irate, they were pissed, and they weren't yeah. happy with. The, with the I was actually at Woodstock '99 and I took off. Uh, this is way before cell phones and everything, and that's Sunday. Like I, I camped out from Thursday and I got there Wednesday. Actually, I stayed in a hotel Thursday. I, I camped out. And then that Sunday, I got up. I was already sunburned to shit. Done. I watched Willie Nelson. My, I looked at my friend, and I'm like, you want to get the fuck out of here? And he's like, dude, I've been waiting for you to say that for fucking two <laughs> days. So we ended up getting the car, back to the car. I had the shit scared into me. I couldn't shit for two days. I did the biggest shit by my car. I finally get into, I get into the car. I drive home, and I pull into my driveway to my, my house. And both my parents run out the front door and they're like, thank God you're home. Look, it's what's on the television. <laughs> like, oh, that's when the fucking shit was going in. And like, you know, the uh, they had like the roads closed off. I know friends that got stuck there for like three or four days. So that actually hung up my boots for multiple day festivals. Like I wouldn't do it under any circumstance ever again. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's when you go to those festivals, you expect it to be like you well organized and whatnot. And so when shit starts just going wrong, wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong, it's like this is not even worth it. I'd rather go to a concert with three bands, four bands. Yeah, say and, 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 yeah. And then I go home, I sleep in my bed, and yeah. I don't worry about a big old fucking mess of you know humanity, toilets <laughs> and fucking yeah, all that crap, man. It's like it, it's 
I still want I still want to check out like incarceration in out in Ohio. I'm you know it's a Danny Wimmer one, and I've heard it runs pretty smooth. So I'm I'm thinking that next year I may be uh, going out there to check that out. Um, I got no hope- problem going to like a multiple day festival, but I'm not fucking camping on their grounds, dude. Oh hell no, me neither, me neither. Fuck, I'm no. getting a hotel. <laughs> yeah, hotel, shower, shit, sleep in a nice bed each night, air conditioning, you know. I'm fuck it, dude. If I'm gonna be out there all day like that, you know, I'm gonna take care of myself because you know I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to myself. <laughs> oh, for sure. So we we played Rockfest out in Wisconsin in 2018, and okay. we did the whole campout thing because we're like, you know what? Let's just let's be there the whole time. Let's have a you know like let's hang out, with people promote and and whatnot. We we didn't play till Saturday, but we got there I think uh, Wednesday night. And so we were there for a couple of days, partying and raging and whatnot. But after day two, being out there and the, you know, you're you wake up, you're hungover, the the sun's beating down in your tent, and all you hear is noises everywhere, people partying and yeah. people puking over there and people fucking over there and people being loud, loud and rowdy. You know, you just want some peace and quiet. Sure. And you don't get it out there. And so we ended up playing. We got dehydrated. We ended up getting. Uh, heat stroke like most of us got heat stroke and and we had to play three different times that day because we played um an earlier set and then they had us play a mid set and then they had us play after godsmack got done playing we played the smaller stage on the side so that you know there was music still going on and uh it was after that we're like all right we're not going to stay for the for sunday and i think it was you know disturb was playing that day and i forget who else but we're like, let's pack our shit up and get the hell out of here. Cause I need to get to a hotel. <laughs> I need to take a real shower. I need some real sleep and all that. And and well, we learned our lesson about camping that that time for sure. Sure, absolutely. So, dude, um, other you know, other than Milwaukee Metal Fest, you got anything you want to plug? Any upcoming stuff? Um, not really. Other than uh, we're planning on releasing a full length album uh, in twenty twenty four. Hopefully, in the earlier part. We don't have a set date, but right now we're getting the designing done, uh, the artwork, uh, finishing up a couple of last tracks that are on there. Uh, Bleed will be on there, and the last three singles that we put out before that as well will be on it. Uh, we're planning on shooting another music video sometime in January to release another single, so we're going to continue uh, releasing singles until the album's out. Um, for our Portland, Oregon area friends, we're playing with Head PE on uh, February 10th at the PDX event center out in Gresham. So um, look out for ticket links and all that uh, here soon. Hopefully we see some people out there. We haven't played Portland in years. Even this last, this last, when we started playing again in the spring, we have not played our area uh, at all. So it'll be our first show back in Portland um, in six, seven years. So, wow. so there you go, uh, man. Excited for that. And other than that, you know, check us out on, uh, Spotify on all our social media uh, uh, sites and share that spread the word. That's all I got to say. And thank you for uh, for having us on here and spreading this out to your audience. And yeah, no, dude. I, again, thank you, thank you for coming on the show, bro. Any, uh, you're always welcome to come back, man. Um, while you were taking a piss, I was saying that a little birdie was saying that another band. Um, might be added to the Milwaukee Metal Fest, but that little birdie can't really talk about it right now. But when the little birdie decides to talk about it and post about it, we might be seeing you out there, bro. I, oh, I, I hell yeah. Know, though, who who we're talking yeah. hey, about. Hey, if you're out there, man, I hope you are. We'll have to meet up. and, and Yeah, and, we're uh, going to do that shot competition. I'm going to show Brick what's oh, up. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. 
tell Bricky's a bitch and you're going to show him up. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, usually I would say, like, in the words of Burl Hurley from uh, Over the Top, Brick, you ain't got a prayer in Vegas, but Brick, you ain't got a prayer in Milwaukee, brother. <laughs> I'm going to show you who's Milwaukee's best. <laughs> I love it, dude. You remind me of my buddy Jimmy a lot. Like, Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's a really cool dude, really great guy. Got to be handsome, too, right? Of course, and he's got their sense of humor and everything, too. And I, 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 Excellent. Musician, so. Cool. Cody, uh, thank you so much, dude. You're a great guest, and uh, I will uh, be talking to you soon, dude. For sure, man. Thank you. All right, bro. Take care. You too. All right. That was awesome, man. Cody uh, from American Overdose. Um, I'm just going to plug a few things, and I'm going to go tuck Tony Walker in for bed because it's past my bedtime too. But um, I just wanted to give a special thank you to um, Dark, Shi- Dark Side of the Shroom. Um, they sponsored this podcast for the last, uh, the beginning stages of it, um, unfortunately we are, um, moving on in both, uh, directions, other directions right now. Um, but thank you for, uh, sponsoring us. Please still check out their site. Um, they have all great, uh, edible, uh, shroomalumis, uh, and they, like I've been saying, they taste very good. They don't taste like that, uh, stale granola, bar that you wiped with your ass 20 years ago so and you don't have to swing for the fences you can use it for medicinal purposes so check out dark side of the shroom.com uh trippy scream will be 25 percent off your order if uh, you do so and also i'd like to thank mr beeries for sponsoring the primal scream podcast uh tonight uh they're having their um open mic night tomorrow is going to be uh tiger rose and on saturday terregenus dead tide and symphony uh will be playing um and also demon scar has an upcoming gig uh at lucky 13 on january 13th saturday night we're going to be playing with first jason that's our good buddy ari lehman uh, he actually played the first Jason Voorhees from the night, uh, the original Friday the 13th. Um, and uh, it's going to be a great night. So come down to Lucky 13. It kind of looks like my old bedroom, which kind of looks like my new bedroom right now because it's only two floors difference. Uh, but come and hang out with us. It's going to be um, our first show of the uh, 2024 um year and uh make sure you also check out next week december 8th which is my birthday demon scar is going to be dropping a new single that's right some new demon scar for you right in time for christmas so uh we uh we hope you will enjoy that i will plug it again next week this weekend i am off to like i said i kicked the show off i'm off to see the end of the road for kiss um, tomorrow's going to be a bittersweet night. I was supposed to go with my buddy, Mike Porciello, who uh, unfortunately passed away in October, but I will be, uh, going in his honor and, uh, I'll definitely leave a, uh, a beer next to me unattended to, or if I get shit faced, I'll drink your beer, Mike. I'm sorry, bro. But, uh, 
yeah, man, I'll be thinking about you tomorrow night. And on Saturday night, I'm going to be taking Zozo for round two for her of seeing Kiss. And uh, we went the first time. I went as uh, Jean. She went as Aya, as Paul. But this time, she's going to go as Peter. And I'm going to go as the Space Ace. So uh, I'll give you guys the update next week. Again, kitties, it's been an honor, a pleasure. And I'm Nick Greystone, and you're not. And this has been another episode of Primal Scream. Thank you for listening to Primal Scream. I'm Nick Greystone, a.k.a. The Nizza. Each week, Primal Scream is produced by Tony Walker and executive produced by Demon Scar. Always remember, nobody writes your story but you. Later. Yeah.